Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Here we are on a Saturday, and uh, no Doug today. Uh, Doug is not feeling well. He is recovering. We'll keep you up to date and have Doug and Tech Talk back real soon. But I do want to remind you that we have a library of Tech Talk shows available at our website, wccradio.com. Check out the podcast. A lot of great advice, a lot of useful information for computer users. So uh, once again, uh, we'll, we'll direct you to our podcast of previous Tech Talk shows. Once again, Doug not feeling well, but uh, he is on the road to recovery, and hopefully we will have Doug back real soon. We'll keep you up to date on that. We are pleased to be joined by Professor David Schultz from Hamlin University, Political Science and Legal Studies. And David, it's been a while. It's good to visit with you. It's great to visit you with again. It's been a while for the two of us, although I've been on CCO a couple of times since in the last, last few weeks, but good to be with you again. Yeah, and David, um, just so much big news, almost unprecedented stories Mm -hmm. revolving around the run for president. Let's start with one, and that is one of the candidates, the frontrunner in the GOP, former President Donald Trump, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments on the Colorado ballot case. Will Trump be allowed on the ballot? Give us your read on that and and how that hearing went from your perspective. Okay, just for a little bit of background, what's happened is that there's been arguments across the country that what's called the Insurrection Clause of the 14th Amendment, which was adopted after the Civil War, there's an argument that says that based upon that clause, um, individuals such as Donald Trump um, could be excluded from um, appearing on the ballot in the 2024 election because they had engaged in insurrection. And particularly in the case of Donald Trump, the argument is for the things that he did surrounding the January 6, 2021 um, um, attack on the Capitol. Several states, including Minnesota, um, had cases regarding this. Minnesota said, no, he gets to stay on the ballot. But the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that, A, Donald Trump, was an insurrectionist to the clause of the 14th Amendment applies to him, and therefore um, he can be removed from the ballot. Case went to the Supreme Court. This Thursday, the Supreme Court heard it. And based upon what I heard in the oral arguments and the questioning, I would be incredibly surprised if the Supreme Court keeps him off the ballot in Colorado or anywhere else. And 
They they asked a lot of questions. Um, very few of them looked like they were sympathetic to the Colorado case. But what I think they're going to do, I think what they're then going to say is that the way I've been describing it, the Supreme Court's going to decide not to decide. And what I mean by that, they will say that the president um, can stay on the ballot because the Colorado Supreme Court cannot act, no state can act to disqualify anybody from office until Congress passes what's called enabling legislation to explain what is an insurrectionist and the procedures that have to be. So I would be surprised. So so right now, if, if I were a betting man, you know, the quarter in my pocket, I would sure. say somewhere between a 9-0 and an, or let's say 9-0 or an 8-1 opinion ruling in favor of, of Donald Trump. So he stays on the ballot. Um, and that, that there's been a lot of a lot analysis on that line that based on what, what people heard from that, the oral arguments and the questions asked by the court that there didn't seem to be a lot of interest for the court to get too far into the weeds on this. Exactly. You're exactly correct here. Um, is that the, the court, the Roberts court right now, chief justice Roberts is this chief justice, um, wants as much as possible for the court not to be involved, um, too politically in, in too many events there. And he's worried about the court's reputation, which has taken a hit recently. And I think he remembers, as many of the listeners out there might remember, nearly a quarter of a century ago, the Supreme Court was heavily criticized in this decision, Bush v. Gore, where its decision essentially gave the presidency to George Bush. And lots of people criticized, criticized the court for that. And I think the court's hesitant to, to wade into us again. And I think part of what we heard also, what the court was saying on Thursday, was that shouldn't, at the end of the day, elections be decided by the people and not by the courts? And, and I think that's probably the right answer. That's what I've been thinking that the court's going to do. And what's going to be kind of interesting also is if that's where they go, if that's where they go in saying that Trump should be allowed to stay on the ballot, that this is really not a matter for the courts. This is similar to what Chief Justice Hudson said for the Minnesota Supreme Court, you know, back, you know, several weeks ago when the Minnesota Supreme Court said we're not going to take him off the ballot. So it may be in some interesting ways the Minnesota Supreme Court kind of anticipated or foreshadowed whatever word you want to use, or I think the U.S. Supreme Court is headed. We are pleased to be joined by Professor David Schultz from Hamlin, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Another court decision, uh, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, basically flat out said that citizen Trump does not have immunity from what he may have done as president. He is now just like everybody else in the eyes of the courts. Exactly correct. And, and, and what the court said there is that to 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 grant an, a a next president um, exemption, basically immunity for anything he did as president of the United States, really says that presidents are above the law. That presidents potentially get to do whatever they want, and and the court really wasn't willing to go along with it. And if I think about these two decisions, what we're going to call it, the, or the two cases, the immunity case at the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court oral arguments on the insurrection clause. For, for many people, uh, 
I think it, it might be reflecting what most of us think might be the right answer if you think hard about it. And what I mean by that is that should the people get to choose who gets to pick who gets to be president of the United States? I think most of us would say yes. Um, should any person be given a get out of jail free card or an exemption from any criminal liability? I think most of us would say no. So, so I think both of these decisions might reflect what I think most of us ordinarily think should be the right answer. Certainly not everybody. Okay, so now the question becomes, what happens? This was the Court of Appeals. This was the Court of Appeals decision in terms of immunity. Trump has until this, I think at the end of this week, to appeal the decision. The Supreme Court could take the case, but I think what's more likely, what I think is more likely, is that the Supreme Court will say, no, we're not going to take the case, send it back to the district court level for a trial, the idea being that let's hold a trial. If, in fact, the president is is acquitted, then the Supreme Court doesn't have to hear the case. If he's convicted, then maybe it works its way all the way up through the um, you know, through the courts or something like that. That's my intuition. Can't guarantee it. But both of these cases, though, together will have uh, or having a, I think, dramatic impact upon the 2024 presidential election. And for people who have been asking me, how soon will the Supreme Court decide the insurrection clause case? I think it's going to be a fast decision because we have other primaries. We have what? Super Tuesday. Minnesota's primary, I believe, is March 5th. So I think they want to do this really quickly. We are going to break. We'll come back much, much more in just a huge week of political news. Uh, we'll get into the special counsel decision on the Biden documents case. What it said about the differences, and this we haven't heard a lot about, the difference between the Biden classified documents and the Trump classified documents. So much focus has been put on what was said about maybe the mental capacity of the sitting president of the United States. But but in uh, that statement was talk about how these cases were indeed different and that is very interesting um and then we'll we'll get into the prospects of biden maybe stepping aside before the election in uh, the fall of this year uh it has happened before in recent memory uh those old enough to remember would remember lyndon baines johnson saying he would not seek election or re-election in 1968. So we'll, we'll get into all of that with David in a moment here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. We are joined by Professor David Schultz from Hamlin University on this Saturday here at News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Just some huge stories regarding the presidential election here in 2024. Uh, the special counsel's report on the Biden classified documents case came out. Charges won't be pressed, but it it called into question his age and ultimately his fitness for office, and that has dominated the headlines, David. You're absolutely correct. I mean, it was was a massive report, over 300 pages, and also, you know, I skimmed through it this um, this past week just to make sure that I, I knew it was in there. And what a lot of people are referring to is, is a passage in the memo in the beginning that says that the, that the special prosecutor, among other reasons, was choosing not to 
prosecute because um, Biden was at an age where very few people would get prosecuted and also questioned his mental capacities. And also a, a passage like that appears in the report. So that, that's the part that everybody's been kind of you know, you know, grasping onto. But if you read through the entire report, and this is where we were headed here, is that the special prosecutor also notes some specific differences potentially between the Trump case, which is going to be in Florida, versus this decision here. And in the case of Biden, what, it, what the pro- prosecutor argues is that um, Biden, once it w- he realized that he had these documents, fully cooperated with the special prosecutor, in fact, invites them in, um, works with them to help find and assess and gather all these documents. That's sort of the first thing. And in the process also notes that anything that Biden had taken to his home, he did so either by mistake or in the mistaken belief that these were his own personal documents, mm. um, documents where he put his notes on. And, and, and without he, the prosecutor um, um, judging the merits of the Trump case, he says, in the case of Trump, it looks like it's different. It looks like there that Trump made a decision to take these documents, knew that he took them. Once he had them, him and his attorneys, uh, again, members of the special prosecutors writing it, um, um, once he knew they had them, um, refused to disclose them to the Justice Department, denied that they had them, and it took eventually a subpoena from the Justice Department um, to to go in and gather those documents from the Mar-a-Lago. So the prosecutor here, and remember, this is a prosecutor um, uh, who, who, was, who was independent, you know, um, independent, even though he's reporting to Merrick Garland, reached the conclusion that there are some fa- big factual differences here that potentially deserve to treat the case, the two cases differently. And, and David, I want to bring up maybe a philosophical point on this. This is available for all Americans to read. Take the time and read the entire report. But I think we're all so reliant on social media reports or headlines mm-hmm. or sound bites or what we see mm-hmm. on the news that, that we don't take the time to read the entire report and digest everything the special counsel had to say. You're, you're absolutely correct because you're right. When, I, when the first news came out, um, and I think it might have been like about what about Thursday? I think it was maybe Thursday night or sure. something like that. Yeah. I'm forgetting the exact time. Um, all the headlines and all the social media hit with the uh, hit with the the lead story uh, all about arguing that it was Biden's um, frailty or feeble mindedness, et cetera, et cetera. And so I figured I had to read the, I had to read the reports. So I think I can't imagine might have been Thursday night or Friday. Sure. I, I, I took quite a few hours to read it through like that. And like I said before, there's a little bit of a memo in the beginning which talks about it. There right. is somewhere in the middle 200s or almost page 300 where it talks a little bit about all the different reasons why they chose not to prosecute. The reference to, to Biden's um, um, cognitive capacities, mental capacities, um, is, is, is an infinitesimally small little part. It did not. It did not sort of say, "Well, listen. The reason why we're not prosecuting him is because he was unaware of what he's doing. That he was, um, you know, mentally, I don't know, incapacitated, et cetera, et cetera." Um, it's. It's. I, I almost want to say it was like a gratuitous line that was thrown in at some point. And there's lots of people back and forth 
who are saying, well, was, was this intentional? Was this mean-spirited? Some people are saying, well, this is, this is an effort um, to try to sabotage um, Joe Biden. I, I don't know what it is, but, but at the end of the day, um, a very small part, but it almost doesn't matter. Almost doesn't matter now because what I think is happening is that there is a, I think, a script been written. There's a script been written, whether it's good or bad, about Biden's capabilities or capacities mentally. And this report sort of reinforce or parts of it, the way it's been interpreted, reinforces that. And I'll certainly say Joe Biden's press conference um, on Thursday certainly didn't help him at all um, in terms of things. So, so, I, so, so it's a damaging report, even if the, the sections about his mental capacities was only a very small part of it. Yeah, and and that that's almost become the theme of of comparing one person's fitness for office versus the other versus the litany of issues facing the country. Not defending Biden, not defending Trump, even though Trump's only a few years younger in in reality, and has certainly had his shares of gaffes in the mm-hmm. political spotlight over the years. So the, the, one's certainly not perfect when it comes to that o- over the other. But but there are gigantic issues. We're nine months away from the election, um, whether it's domestic or, or mm-hmm. whether it's interna- uh, the border crisis, Ukraine, right. uh, Israel, Hamas, right. war, China. The, the, there's a lot on the plate of these potential next presidents. You're absolutely correct, and we would hope that that's what we'd be talking about. We'd be hoping that we'd be having a serious debate about about the issues and how to approach those type of issues, or about the fact that what in the next few weeks we're facing a potentially another government shutdown. We have to expand or ex- basically extend the the debt limit. These are all far more important issues that affect us on a day to day basis. But instead, what we're spending all of our time on um, is, especially in the social media, is things about personality. It's about um, about gaffes and so forth. And I'm not saying these gaffes aren't important. They're not part of an overall assessment mm-hmm. of fitness and character. But we really need to focus more um, on, on the issues as opposed to less of the personality stuff. A couple other things that are very interesting. President Trump uh, on the campaign trail has been wielding his political influences. We've seen this in races since he left office and endorsements, et cetera. It hasn't gone particularly well, endorsed candidates in most circumstances. But he seems to still be wielding a great deal of influence. The new Speaker of the House, Speaker Johnson from Louisiana, it appears President Trump had a great deal of influence on ultimately that decision. And then beyond that, it it seems as though that he had a big role in scuttling this Ukraine-slash-Israel-slash-border deal. You're absolutely correct. He's not been successful um, since he—well, actually, even when he was president, and and since he's left the president, you're right, in terms of getting candidates of his elected. He's had a few, but certainly not major success, but his influence— is in the House is tremendous, and partly because the Republicans have such a narrow majority that that a defection of just a few people can cost them. And he has enough hardcore supporters, a small, small number, that they're with him, that that's basically able to scuttle 
um, any major deals, even though out there the vast majority of Congress, Republicans and Democrats, do support supporting our allies such as such as um, Ukraine, Israel, are concerned about wanting to pass a border deal, which was a bipartisan compromise last week in the U.S. Senate. But this is the case of where sometimes a minority um, has so much influence that it can basically thwart the majority, and Trump has enough influence with that majority or that minority that he's he's got the leverage. He's got a leverage right now. Professor David Schultz joining us from Hamlin. We only have a minute or two left. I wanted to get into a topic, and and this looks back into the history books. Lyndon Bain Johnson took over when President Kennedy was assassinated. He was reelected in '64, but chose not to run for reelection. In 68, Hubert Humphrey was the Democratic nominee, Richard Nixon. Of course, Nixon won the presidency. Um, so that, that that's maybe the most recent of, of a sitting president deciding not to run for re-election. That revolved around Vietnam and, and the turmoil associated with Vietnam. But do you think there is a chance a sitting president, Joe Biden, would step aside because we're still a long way from the democratic and republican conventions we know that challenges president trump do you think there's a chance that it may not be trump versus biden in november it's a possibility at this point i don't think it'll be biden's own decision everybody's talking about how his wife jill biden exercises an incredible amount of influence about his decision again four years ago to decide to run i suspect here if at some point if all accounts are true um jill biden pressures them to say it may be time to go um it'll happen um, um but otherwise i think he's in it and i think same thing for trump unless something in terms of what we don't expect here, you know, affects him in terms of, let's say, possible criminal convictions that are dramatically erode his support in the party, which doesn't look like it. It's still looking like it's going to be a rematch from four years ago. But also, I'm going to throw something else in it, which I don't want to really say, is that they are both getting a little bit They're both older, and there could be other health problems um, that could be last-minute issues. I mean, we, we're a state that has experienced Places are situations where Paul Wellstone's planes crashed at the last minute. Sure. Um, um, and so, so things can happen. But right now, it does look like the rematch. But with that possibility that maybe the pressure mounts enough that his wife, Jill Biden, tells her husband, maybe it's time to go. And when it happened, when LBJ stepped aside, that was an earthquake in 1968. You're absolutely correct. It was it, it was monumental because no one expected it. And when it, when he almost lost to um, Minnesota Senator uh, McCarthy um, in the New Hampshire primary, it was just a matter of what, just a few days later. He said he wasn't going to run for re-election, and and then as you pointed out, but uh, eventually the other Minnesota Senator um, Hubert Humphrey. And here, if, if if Biden were to step down in the next let's say few weeks or something like that, that would still leave plenty of time for somebody to replace him. And despite what rumors are out there, there's no indication that it's going to be Michelle Obama. Um, she's made it very clear she's not running for president. She does not want to be. I think the most likely scenarios are Governor Newsom from from California, Governor Whitmer from, from uh, Michigan. Um, probably, probably those are the two most frequently named people um, who would be replacements 
um, if Biden were not to run, or in terms of who would probably get the most support. Wow. Interesting times. Who knows what next week will bring? Sure. You're well, right. You're it, right. It's, 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 it's a new story every week, every day. Yeah, it, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, David, good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. There he is, Professor David Schultz from Hamlin University. A good chat and very, very interesting topics, trying to lay out the, the facts as we know them. 3.33. And, oh, by the way, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, uh, read, read that report. Uh, I, I think if more of us did that, it might be better than just sound bites and, and headlines and uh, people deciding exactly what we hear. It, it is open to all of us. Read uh, the report on the Biden documents case. 100% of it. Give it a try. 3.33, we'll have the weather in a moment. Jace Frederick will join us from the Pioneer Press. We'll talk Timberwolves. They had a big win over the Bucks. They have a big game looming with the Clippers and the All-Star break. Uh, Monte Morris has joined the team. We'll get into that with Jace here on News Talk. 830-WCCO. But- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Timberwolves have had a magical season so far, right near the top of the Western Conference. It it has been a very good season for the Timberwolves, but there have been bumps along the way, almost a roller coaster ride as of late. Some good wins, some ugly losses. The latest, a very good win in Milwaukee over Giannis and the Bucks. Blowout win, 129 105. And of course, the Timberwolves made a move. Uh, they, they got in a veteran guard and Monte Morris from the Detroit Pistons. Joining us to talk about that, much more about the Wolves, Jay's Frederick of the Pioneer Press. Jay's good to visit with you. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? 
Yeah, good. Good to visit with you. And it, it is kind of crazy. The hot start for the Timberwolves, and, and now people are into it. And, you know, when they, they play a bad game like maybe they did against the Orlando Magic, that, that kind of stands out. Uh, let, let one get away there. I mean, they, 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 there have been some uglies as of late for the Timberwolves, but there's also been some really good wins, like like the one over the Oklahoma City Thunder come to mind, and, you know, they had that great win over the Bucks. So uh, w- when they bring it, they're still really good. Yeah, agreed. And even in some of these losses, you know, they'll play like two quarters that look really good. Um, and then just yeah. they've had trouble closing games. That's been the biggest thing. When, when they've been pushed in the fourth quarter, they have – kind of reverted to some old bad habits um, and those are things that they have to get ironed out because in the playoffs it's a lot of close games I mean it's a lot of crunch time things and you know almost the entire game can feel like crunch time so that's a big area of concern but other than that like you know even like when you look at the last 10 games or so it's like six and four or five and five but when you look at like net ratings like point differential they're still one of the best teams in the NBA and it's because when they play well they're playing really well when they're playing poorly like they're playing well for three quarters and blowing games late so like this is really one part of the game that they have to iron out, but it does happen to be like the biggest part of the game. Jace Frederick joining us from Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com, and he joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, the thought was they needed to make a move. They didn't have a lot of options. They don't have draft capital to trade. Um, they they have salary cap issues. I mean, they're in a spot where they've already got a ton of payroll tied up. But they they did bring in a guy that uh, could help them out, give them some minutes, and he came over from Detroit, Monte Morris. Yeah, certainly a guy Tim Connolly knows a lot about. Uh, he drafted Monte Morris in Denver. Monte Morris played five years with Connolly at the the helm there in Denver and, and played really well and came along. Uh, you know, like the first year he didn't play much, and then all of a sudden he was an integral piece of their team both as a backup and then when Jamal Murray was hurt for seemingly a season and, and a half uh the starter point, starting point guard there in Denver and he helped lead them to a playoff series win and, and another playoff appearance and uh, so Monte Morris did a lot of good things in Denver and he's always been a really smart you know assist to turnover ratio guy like he he can create he doesn't make mistakes um and he can hit the outside shot so he does a lot of nice things and what I keep saying is like if Monte Morris plays like the Denver Monte Morris then this is a home run uh, the, the thing that makes it a little bit of a question mark is he's barely played this year. Um, he missed the first three uh, three months of the season with an injury. Um, he's coming back from that. He himself would tell you like he's not in the physical condition as far as I think shape-wise that he would like to be in, but but he's in kind of the current period of like he's cleared to play, he's going to play, because that's kind of the best way to ramp up is through playing. Um, so we'll see Monday night how he looks, um, how many minutes he's able to give, and then I think the plan for them is like a slow progression to where – you know, maybe three weeks down the line here, it looks like the Monte Morris of old, which at that point would be a perfect backup point guard behind Mike Conley for this team. So a little bit of a risk just in that you don't know exactly what you're getting um, out of the player. Uh, but Minnesota put so little into the pot on this trade that I think it was a worthwhile gamble. Yeah, when you look at this lineup, do, do you feel like managing the workload for Mike Conley is going to be a big key over the stretch to the end of the regular season and the playoffs? Yeah, for sure. I think there's no question about that. Um, in, like Mike Conley is one of the linchpins for this team. Like, yep. you know, people will point at different things of like, well, Nikhil Alexander Walker is a better defender, and certainly he is. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, and and he can kind of dribble the ball up the court and kind of initiate the offense in that sense. And and there are times where they will go probably without a point guard because defensively that's what you want to do. Uh, but but Mike Conley for like end of game situations for doing the right things for getting the right people involved at the right situations like he is. 
he is a must for this team. He really is. Um, so it's it's keeping him healthy. It's allowing him to rest when needed. It's if he's got a sore hamstring, he doesn't feel the need to rush back. It's those kinds of things and being able to keep the ship steady. And, and they think that, you know, eventually down the line here, maybe after the all-star break even, like Monte Morris can come in and do that for an entire game. Um, if Mike Conley needs to sit for any reason. Jace Frederick joining us from the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com, talking Timberwolves. Uh, they go back on the road. They they finish uh, the pre-All-Star break part of the schedule. Big game with the L.A. Clippers, then two with the Portland Trailblazers and on to the break. And, uh, of course, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Finch, and staff will will be there, and, and certainly a cool honor. But this this is, you know, a marquee game for the Timberwolves on the road, the L.A. Clippers, two teams at the top of the West. I mean, this is pretty good going into the break to get a game like that. Yeah, it's another awesome gauge game for Minnesota. It's another yep. one to see exactly where you're at. They beat the Clippers uh, early in January, mid-January, and that was a game at Target Center. And, like, as we've seen this year, the Wolves are excellent at Target Center. Um, and then they on the road it can be a little bit up and down, um, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. So, I think going into L.A. where, you know, the Clippers can play small, they can play big, they've got a lot of perimeter guys. Like, it, it's another really good matchup because this is, like, one of the top four teams in the West. It's the Wolves, it's the Clippers, it's the Thunder, it's the Nuggets. So any of these games where you can see them play one another, you learn a lot. Um, just kind of about where you currently stack up, what needs to improve and whatnot. So a really big one. And every game in the standings matters because those four teams are so tightly bunched and seeding and home court advantage come playoff time could be the differentiator, um, honestly, like with how tight these teams seem to be. So uh, a big one if Minnesota could go up 2-0 in the season series like and gain another game of separation, there, that would be huge. Um, and I think then you go into two games against Portland where you'd like to think you can sweep it. At worst, you split. Um, and now all of a sudden you've got a lot of momentum really into the all-star break, which is what every team wants to have. And then you come out of the break, and it, it's really a quick sprint to the finish. It really right. flies by. Yeah, there's always the thought of, like, it's the midway point of the All-Star break, and that couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> Obviously, there's, there's you know, maybe a third of the year to go at that yeah. point. Um, so, yeah, you're right, and, it, and like, it hits you fast and hard. Like, it's I think Minnesota comes out with uh, a back-to-back right away. It's home games against Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Um, and that Bucks game obviously will be a big one, especially if, like, Willard and Chris Middleton, two big guns for Milwaukee who didn't play in the game the other night, if they're available coming out of the All-Star break. Now, that's a real marquee contest. So, you're right. It really is a sprint. Um, they, they come fast and heavy. So as much, you know, leeway, as much you know, room to breathe as Minnesota can give themselves this week um, to where if you come out a little slow out of the gates after the All-Star break, like all the better for them. And, Jace, you did a piece in the Pioneer Press about Morris may not be the end of it. We talked about Monte coming over. But, but there are still options for the Timberwolves to add a player. Tell us how that could work and how they could still bring in more help for the push, and then ultimately the playoffs. Yeah, there's the buyout market uh, where guys get traded places, and then those teams, and oftentimes uh, those teams will say, hey, you know, like we'll buy you out of your contract. And a lot of times, like they took on a trade, as kind of the other team was making a salary dump. They buy you out, um, and now that player clears waivers and uh, is free to sign with anyone. Um, and there are a few guys who are like that, and other teams are trying to move guys and they can't, and so at the deadline, and then all of a sudden those guys are available. So there are players that, you know, you're looking for a place to go, and a lot of times you're looking to go to a contender, and Minnesota is one of those, and Minnesota also can offer a little bit more than the minimum while staying under the luxury tax. So there's a little bit of a differentiator along with its good record and minutes, possibility for minutes, like the end of the Wolves rotation. is a little bit loose, like you can work your way into it. 
Uh, so a lot of different attractive things about Minnesota. And, like, there are teams, if you say you earn more than $12 million, then you get bought out. Uh, certain teams who are above a tax apron cannot sign you. Um, so it's like takes 10 teams out of the mix for certain guys. Minnesota is not above that apron. They could sign anybody out of the buyout market. So some opportunities there. Um, you know, there's a lot of different places where the Wolves could add depth. I know a lot of a couple of the shooting options they were looking at, like a Doug McDermott, those didn't come to fruition because Doug McDermott was actually acquired in a trade by, like, Indiana, whereas the Spurs may have bought him out. Um, so a couple – couple options have dried out. Spencer Dinwiddie I thought would have been a really interesting fit, maybe even competing with Morris for, like, that backup point guard spot, and he opted to sign with the Lakers. I know he had a hot market. So uh, there are still some guys available, but, like, these things kind of come quickly, um, and the top guys tend to find spots rather quickly because it really is um, a, a thing where, like, yeah. you can get these guys essentially for nothing. Um, so everybody kind of jumps at those. Yeah, final thought, Jace. Uh, we, we mentioned Cat and Ant going to the All-Star game, and then, of course, the Timberwolves got that win, and that sent Chris Finch and staff to the All-Star game. And I know that's great, but it kind of adds to the grind in reality when you have a team that has all these expectations now. They're in the top four. They, they have a chance to – you never know how it's going to play out, but on a deep playoff run – and then you throw this, I mean, that that's just more to what's already a grind over 82 games. I agree with you on that. It's not, like, super taxing. Uh, mentally, I know there's sure. a few things you have to go to for these all-star trips. Um, you know, a lot of times maybe things with, uh, you know, who you have, like, brand deals with. They have to go to a couple events. So, like, yeah, you're on your feet a little bit and you're doing some stuff. The game is not very taxing, obviously. No, no, uh, it's more of sure. a little exhibition and fun. Uh, but it is another thing where, like, your break is cut short by a few days, but I know a lot of these guys Sunday night will then jet out to wherever they want to go and spend the next three or four days out there and then come back. Um, so they do get a little bit of a break, but it's less. Um, certainly, like, you know, like Cat and Ant, it's like, hey, you want them at full go and the gas tank's full when come April uh, when, when it's really go time in the playoffs. Um, for the coaching staff, I know that's not too much involved there. Like, yes, it's, fine, it's fun to get away, do a trip with your family, whatever, but – you know, this really isn't much for them. Like, it's, it's just an honor, and they view it as such. Uh, but you're right. You know, like an ant and a cat, it's like, hey, make sure you guys come back, uh, you know, after maybe your little vacation post-All-Star festivities and are ready to go. Um, and that's where it can be a good thing for, like, a Rudy Gobert to have a full week off and not have these All-Star festivities, you know, when he's at his, this point in his career. Um, like a Mike Conley needs every day of rest he can get in between as well. Um, I think Anthony Edwards, he always just expect that his – Tank will be ready to go. I mean, he'll be a full go when the lights come on. Um, but you're right. It is just kind of one more thing on the plate. Yeah, and, and for Ant, it, it, I mean, this is – you just get the sense for this kid. He, he just lives for this opportunity. Yeah, he definitely wants to be viewed in this light. Uh, yeah, for sure. pretty big thing. You know, like it's, he wants to be a star, and you can tell that. He, I think he entered the season like wanting to hit certain points per game milestones and whatnot, and they've kind of worked through with him on that. I'm like, that's not really what matters. Um, but uh, it, it, he definitely wants to be viewed as, like, a, a superstar in this league and, like, a franchise player and, you know, one of those top five guys or so. And certainly seems like he's on his way there, but it definitely is a process. Um, so, yeah, like, all-star things, he said even before his selection, like, this will be my first real one because he was an injury replacement last year, and that's not viewed in the, as the, in the same light as somebody who is legitimately selected um, by the coaches like he was this time around. So he definitely views this as a status thing, yeah. and I think he kind of expects to be there every year from moving forward, and I think barring injury, that'll happen. All right, now during the break, I would assume you're going to jump back to the old high school beat because there's a lot going on. 
It's picking up. Uh, state skiing <laughs> starts yeah. this week here. Um, it, that's you know the Alpine and the Nordic ones, and it's every single week. The thing about winter tournaments is they're not jumbled together hardly at all. It's boom, boom every single weekend. Uh, there's something going on. And certainly, it's kind of juggling that and wolves and delegating here and there, but definitely have the hand in the pot for almost everything. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. Uh, it's, it's a marathon too. Definitely not a sprint. Winter tournaments are like a month and a half, uh, but it's it's a lot of fun along the way. Yeah, and then you get through that, and then the Timberwolves are being ready for the playoffs. So you got that as well. So you're going to be a busy man. Yeah, I would say it used to be like you finished like the last basketball tournament, whether it was boys and girls or girls, depending yeah. on the year, and you kind of exhale because maybe the Wolves had three weeks left, and that was it. Um, and it was very much a coast, even it felt like for the players and everybody, coast to the finish line. It's not that way anymore. Uh, you jump like right from state <laughs> tournaments into the thick of it, and what can be – Playoffs can frankly be one of the busiest times of the year. So it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but uh, it's, it's hard to call it work, frankly. Well, Jay, it's uh, fun to follow you on social media and, of course, online at TwinCities.com. Thanks. Thanks so much, Steve. Good to chat with you. There he is, Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. They're playing golf in Scottsdale. They had bad weather, but it looks good over the weekend in Scottsdale for the WM Open. We'll check the leaderboard in a moment here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Speaking of the home nine, coming up at 435, Do Young Park covers the club for MLB.com. We'll get an update as we close in on spring training. They added Santana, the veteran bat. They traded Jorge Polanco. And that uh, club starting to round into shape. Are they going to add another frontline starter at some point? We'll get into all of that and what this team will look like on opening day with Doe at about 4.35. Coming up following the news and weather at 4, we'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. We'll go to the rink live with Jess Myers, literally at the rink live again today. I don't know how we do it. We caught him up in War Road at a hockey day. Uh, today is at the U3M Arena at Mariucci, Minnesota, and Penn State. Uh, there is an event, and, and I think if you're at all a sports fan, you have a bucket list of events you want to see. Like like I dream every year I'm in the lottery to get tickets to go to the Masters, and I get the same reject letter. It's been going on and on and on. I've almost given up on the dream of actually going to Augusta National and seeing the Masters. I'm not going to pull my name off the waiting list or whatever it is, the lottery or however they decide who gets in. But I've resigned myself to the fact that it's the longest of long shots that I'll ever get a badge and ever be able to walk the grounds. So I'm there. One thing I can do is get down to Scottsdale and the WM Phoenix Open. I, I do want to experience that. Looks like a wild party, etc. And uh, they've had weather problems early in the week. So the third round will start a little bit later today. And the way it looks, they'll play as much golf as they can today, finish the third round in the morning, and then tee off in round number four and hopefully get it all wrapped up before the big game kicks off up the road in Las Vegas. It is the WM Phoenix Open. Sahith Thigala, the leader at 1300 par, Andrew Novak, Nick Taylor one back, Maverick McNeely three off the lead, uh, Scotty Scheffler, along with Justin Thomas and Cameron Young uh, in a group. Uh, Jordan Spieth in that group at 8 under par. So there are certainly some big names this week 
down in Scottsdale. Troy Merritt with ties to the Twin Cities played at Spring Lake Park. Uh, he missed the cut. Uh, the the cut line turned out to be minus one. Merritt sixty nine seventy four uh, finish at plus one down in the desert. But I, I I think this is an ideal tune up for Super Bowl Sunday. Watch a little golf, and then uh, you turn it over in time for the anthem and the kickoff of the Super Bowl. I mentioned it last night, sitting in for Henry. And I don't know how you feel, producer Josh Wheeler. I have no time for all the pregame stuff. I've watched enough football. I have my opinions on who's going to win and why. I don't need to watch five hours of pregame in the lead-up to the Super Bowl. Listen, Not interesting. We, we, we don't know what these two teams are about. We haven't seen them all <laughs> season long. We need I to know... know what right. to expect out of these two teams because this is unfamiliar territory, especially for one of the teams. Kansas City is new to this, so we, we need to. Yeah. We, we need all the background information we we can get on both so, of these teams. So the casual fans at parties really don't care about the pregame show, and the people who have been watching football all year don't care about the pregame show. I I don't know who they're doing that for. And I brought this up uh, on the Lake Show on Friday night with Chris Tubbs. I don't watch any of it. I hope the golf goes right up to the anthem. And then I'm good. Uh, We've got the news. We've got the weather and Steve Carney coming up. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 